Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee, who is the president of Consumer Recovery Network. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me here. Let's just start with a little bit of your background and uh, what it took for you to uh, create Consumer Recovery Network. You know, I've actually been working with consumers that are struggling with debt and, and credit issues uh, since about the mid-90s. And I worked with a couple of companies that had some, you know, great concepts, great ideas. I wanted to take this more to, from a service-specific level to an education level because I felt I, my thinking and, and what I found is that consumers can accomplish so much more when they're empowered with the information and knowledge that you as a professional have. And so putting together education and delivering that education and then supporting that education uh, by having that individual consumer assigned to work with somebody just like me, a professional, and guide them through implementing all of that, uh, a coach, if you will, is far more conducive and productive to longstanding, uh, you know, financial, healthy financial practices for the consumer beyond just the moment and the, you know, the emergency uh, financial situation that they're in is to, you know, em- empower them for the rest of their financial life. And that's what really was the genesis for Consumer Recovery Network and our focus on education. So what we're going to be talking about this hour is the whole process of debt settlement, which people often confuse with uh, bankruptcy or they might confuse it with credit counseling. Let's just start off with how does debt settlement and negotiation work? Well, it's it's just uh, good old-fashioned haggling and, and bartering, if you will. The fact of the matter is it's, it's rather predictable. When creditors are not paid, you become a statistic to them, somebody who, like others, has not been able to make timely payments on their accounts. And, and uh, take this seriously. The, the creditors, when they lend money, it's just a risk equation for them. So they know when they engage in the business of lending and, and extending credit cards and balances out to you to use, that a certain portion of people are not going to be able to pay them back. It's always been that way. Now, that percentage historically is relatively low, lower than 5%. And, and for some creditors who have uh, you know better filters as to who they offer credit to, it's much lower. But in today's economy, those numbers have skyrocketed and, in fact, uh, exceeded any prior precedent. And they're coming back down again, but for a while there, it's just uh, those numbers of people unable to pay back was well over 10%. So it happens. They know it happens. And they've developed some protocol and systems on how they're going to lose the least, basically. So they're not going to get paid all the money back uh, if they're not going to get paid all the money back. What can they do to work directly with their card members 
in order to at least not lose as much. And that is why settlement works today or 10 years ago. So how long does a typical debt settlement process take from beginning to end? Well, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. It really boils down to how much money you owe, who to. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, you know, particular things about each creditor and how they're going to behave and how much of a balance concession, how low they're willing to go in order to close out the account and, and act as if they've been paid in full but for less than the balance that was due. So it's a measure that's going to be dependent upon those things and also a consumer's ability to come up with the funds that they're going to need to do this over a period of time. I do not recommend consumers even engage in debt settlement unless they can put together a plan to address all of their debts with each specific creditor over a 24-month period or less because one thing you need to know is that there's risks. When you're not paying your creditors, well, sure, you might, if you've ever gone through something like this, your phone rings a lot. It does, that's not all that happens. If it were just that, it'd probably be more manageable for people. But when creditors go unpaid for a certain period of time, they charge off the account. That's at 180 days of consecutive non-payment. Typically, that's as long as they can wait. They can do it sooner, but they don't most of the time. And once they do that charge off, they're going to do one of three things. They're going to assign the account out to a debt collector, all these, you know, this debt collection industry that you hear about. And or they're going to sell the debt to a debt buyer who's going to treat it just like, you know, uh, send it out to collection. Or they could actually place it with a firm, a law firm, who typically their, their main business is collecting debts. When they send it off to a law firm that's in your state or is licensed in your state, that's a pretty real threat. And that means that typically you can, uh, you'll know when, when they're licensed in your state that they're also probably authorized to sue you. So as time goes on, the more time that goes on that you're not paying on these accounts and you're saving up money, and let's say you had five accounts and you got three settled in the first 12 months, you've got two left. Well, after you pass that 12-month mark, your risks of being sued on that debt actually are increasing pretty exponentially. You, you can manage that, you know, if a, an account gets placed with an attorney, but I mean, you can settle those. They're settleable. We've settled them for many years. You can and, and be educated on how to do it for yourself as well. It's just it's, it's more expensive, and you can do some longer-term payment arrangements and things to keep yourself out of court. But generally, if you can't do it within 24 months or less, you probably don't belong there. You, you really should consider uh, bankruptcy as an alternative to you know, getting relief from, from your debt trouble if you can't fit in that window of time. There have been a lot of debt settlement companies that string it out way more than two years. Um, what kind of a record do they have at getting full resolution? You know, I don't know all the companies, but I do know that virtually all of them do operate program lengths beyond 24 months. And, and you know what, look, I'm not saying that somebody cannot be successful beyond 24 months, but the odds are definitely stacked against you. So if you're going to, if you're in this industry, this, this debt relief industry, to help consumers, and that's your number one concern, then you're certainly going to enroll the people that you know are setting themselves up with, you know, their specific circumstance is going to increase their, you know, percentage of success. If you're taking things beyond 24 months, like the vast majority of the companies out there do, I think they're, they're probably more aligned with their own success and, and, and profits because what is the point of going into a program with five, let's say, five credit card accounts? And, you know, your finances are such that it's, 
you get two or three out of the way in your past 24 months and you get sued and, you know, the company, you don't have the money, there's nothing you can do to keep yourself out of having a judgment placed against you. And with that judgment, there's some enforcement uh, action that they can take to collect, which is either lean uh, your home, uh, levy your bank account, or even garnish your wages. Now, look, if somebody's in a settlement program, they're already struggling financially. Get a garnishment against your paycheck. Try having, try, you know, you're struggling already. Try getting by with 25% less than than you were before that garnishment. So, I personally have, I take exception to programs that are offered to consumers that exceed a shorter period of time, 24 months or less. When they go beyond that, you're just increasing the likelihood that somebody else is going to make some profit before you ultimately end up filing for bankruptcy anyway. That's our opinion at CRN. It's, it's been the way we've operated since we opened our doors in 2004. Now, when you do do death settlement, it means you're not paying back the full amount as due. How is that going to affect your FICO, your credit score? Well, you know, if somebody comes to us and they were already behind, the fact that you're settling debt isn't going to affect or, or hurt your score any more than it's already been affected generally. If somebody comes to us and maybe they've missed a payment, caught back up, missed a payment, caught back up, or they're even current and, and something happened and they were laid off and, you know, they have pretty immaculate credit history, but something, uh, some, some financial event means they're just not going to be able to keep current anymore. Um, for those people, I mean, it's like watching a grenade blow up and shrapnel just shred your credit report because that is the effect that it's it, it, that not paying your creditors is going to have. And I know that everybody's conditioned to be very concerned about the credit report, but actually, it's you, you don't have a credit problem at that point. What you've got is a debt problem. So you've got to manage the most immediate concern, which is the debt. So when you think about debt settlement, when you think about uh, the three legitimate options, uh, debt settlement, debt management plans through credit counseling agencies or bankruptcy, and there's two types for consumers, Chapter 7 or Chapter 13, they all actually, if you do the the settlement program right, like I'm suggesting, 24 months or less, they all pretty, they track really well together when it comes to how soon you'll be in a position to get credit again or to get fair credit at a, at a fair price and, and interest rates that are, um, you know, similar to what you enjoyed when you had a great credit score. So it's usually about two to three years before you're going to be able to find yourself in, in, in a good credit position after having settled the debt. So, and sometimes even sooner for some people, it depends on how quick they can do these. Like some can even do it in less than 12 months by accessing other, other funds. But in a credit counseling program, you're pretty much barred from credit. Most of them are going to tell you uh, when you speak with them and do a consultation that you won't have access to credit for the time that you're in the program, and most of those programs last four or five years. Chapter 7 shows up on your credit report for 10 years. That doesn't mean you're in credit purgatory for that 10 years. Generally, you can re-enter the credit market two or three years after having filed a Chapter 7. So, you see, they all track relatively well together as far as when you're going to be in a good credit position again, the idea here is, is not to focus on the wrong thing, like causing even more financial hardship just to hold on to a credit score. You can't get and or should use the credit anyway. Let's deal with the debt problem first. So you're saying uh, compared to bankruptcy and credit counseling, you may be able to get credit easier using debt settlement after you've been through the process. 
Well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some files that I've worked um, that, you know, again, when somebody's in a position to settle these things much quicker, either because they've got a family member or a friend willing to help them out, you know, obviously the creditor has no access to somebody else's money. You've just got somebody that's, that's willing to help you out. So if you're in a situation to be able to settle those debts quicker in, in less than a year, you'll find yourself back in, you know, being able to go and, and finance a, a car, an automobile from a new dealer and, and whatnot at pretty advantageous uh, interest. I mean, obviously, car uh, selling cars right now and the way the economy is, those guys are hurting. They're looking for ways and how to qualify people for loans. So it just depends on what kind of product, credit product you're going to be looking for and how soon before, you know, you'll be in a good position. But the quicker you can settle debt, absolutely, you can probably find yourself in fair credit market um, sooner than some of the uh, other debt relief options. But not all the time. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee. Uh, he is the president of Consumer Recovery Network that helps people settle their debts. Uh, their website, if you want more information about what he does, is at ConsumerRecoveryNetwork.com. We'll be back after this. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to go green? You've asked and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. If you lead a team of any kind, you need to listen to this show. Tune in to Leading with Emotional Intelligence, hosted by Esther Orioli. Esther provides you with the tools and techniques you need to harness the power of EQ to stop setting goals and start changing behaviors in your organization. Get the latest concepts in EQ from a top-of-the-house perspective and have your questions answered on air. Leading with Emotional Intelligence is broadcast live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee. Uh, he is the president of the Consumer Recovery Network, which helps consumers settle their debts. Welcome back to the show, Michael. You bet. One of the big questions is, can people actually negotiate their debt with the creditors themselves, or do they need a third party uh, to do it? And how do the banks respond? Uh, what kind of deals do they give to consumers versus third-party uh, debt settlement companies? Well, uh, you know, my experience is, is that when a consumer is negotiating and settling an account 
before it charges off, when they're typically still working with the original creditor, the consumer is far better positioned to get that type of transaction done. And there are some instances where some banks, some creditors, you know, they absolutely refuse to work with a, you know, third party, somebody that's not, not part of the original contract. So in some cases, consumers absolutely will need to if they're going to be able to settle it with the original creditor. Now, there's not a lot of companies that are going to tell you that. They're typically waiting for after charge-off, and the account's going to get out, assigned out to a debt collector or bought by a debt buyer. Who does, they may not have those kind of uh, policies of working with a third party, and typically they work very openly with third parties. But by not telling you that, by not letting you know that you're in a good position to work directly with your creditors and that they don't need to get involved, they sometimes will be, uh, you'll miss out on good opportunities. There are some creditors that actually settle at 5% less with the consumer than they'll even settle with me. So, and there's not many, there's really only one I can think of right now, but those, those cases exist and you want to be able to work with somebody who's going to be upfront about that, that number one, you can do it on your own and give you all of the tips and advice and ongoing support that you need to do that. The reason to go that route to begin with or all the way through is because the settlement industry charges fees based on when they get a deal done. If you can get the deal done, you don't have to pay those fees. And the money that you have is going to your creditors where it should go rather than to somebody else's fees. So that's the reason, that's the, the two benefits is getting things done earlier and, and in some cases for less than a third party was going to be able to do for you. What kind of training do you do behind the scenes to help consumers uh, do the best possible when they negotiate with creditors directly? Well, our material that we send out to each one of our uh, customers is eight hours of audio content on, on CD as well as a, a booklet. And, and that's all the foundational information. Basically, what I'm uh, accustomed to saying is that when consumers go through that education, they'll know more than 80% of the people that actually work and profess some level of expertise in this industry. I mean, we, it, it's brain dump. What happens, when it happens, why it happens and what to do along the way, each and every step, and first, second, third stage collection. It's all in our foundational material. The reason it's best to work with somebody in implementing that material on an ongoing basis is because things do change. In other words, creditors, they, like I said earlier, they're always looking to lose the least. So they'll tweak this and you know, change that, start working with a different third party or use different collection tactics or, you know, put floors on what they're willing to accept, how low they're willing to go and at what times. They, they tweak and mess with that pretty consistently. So knowing and working with somebody on the ground floor that works with this every day so that you can optimize your savings and timing, it's important to, to have that access to somebody as well. Now, once you're in uh, negotiations with creditors, and even if once you get a debt settlement, are you still able to use your credit cards, or do they close them down? Oh, no, they'll be closed. I mean, the fact of the matter is settlements don't happen until you're – the earliest they're going to happen generally is around 90 days of delinquency and beyond. So after several months of consecutive nonpayment, your card's not going to be left open. You know, I mean, if you, if you want to be proactive and, and it wasn't closed already, of course, you could call in and close it yourself. But make no mistake, you will not be able to use those cards when you're not making payments. What does it typically cost to have a debt settlement or a negotiation uh, done on your behalf? 
Most companies charge one of two, two ways. They charge either a percentage of the debt that you enroll with them, and historically that's been between 15 and 20%. So whatever, that, whatever your debt load is, calculate 15 to 20% of that, and that will be your fees paid to the company over time. Or there's performance-based companies that base it on a percentage of savings. So if the, the, the better they do, the more they save you, the more they earn which is actually the more fair, in my opinion. But when they charge those fees, typically it's between 25 and even 35. I've heard of 40% of savings. So that's fine. And, and because of some federal laws that went into effect in October of 2010, you know, all these companies, most of them, uh, are, are charging one of those two ways, but they're only doing it as they complete a settlement on a, a kind of an even basis. So if they settle one account, um, they can't charge you say, 25% of savings on that first account and then 35% of savings on the second account. It's just a, a across-the-board kind of fee structure. The problem is, is is that, fine, they got one done and you're happy and now you're paying the fee. Those fees are, because they're so high, in my opinion, that they're affecting your ability to save up and settle the next one. So it makes these program lengths longer, as we discussed earlier, where they're now 36 months and beyond, and as we know now, that's problematic and doesn't necessarily set up the maximum amount of consumers for success. So that's how they charge. Now, CRN, we, we also we do direct debt settlement. We provide direct debt settlement services when asked to, and we don't need an excuse. You stubbed your toe that morning. We're already working with you. We're educating you. Maybe you got three done and you're on your fourth one and you hit this just really obstinate, maybe even rude debt collector and you're not getting anywhere. And you, and you call your specialist because you're assigned to work with one one-on-one, -on -one. the same one you've been working with from the beginning. Say, listen, I think you might want to do this one. Well, that's fine. We will. And our fee for that is 15% of the savings. So we're about half the cost of anybody else when we're doing that. And plus, we credit back the cost of our education as an offset to any later and contingency fees, which is more than fair. So you really do. There's good professionals out there. I have friends in this industry that run good very helpful, very effective companies, and, you know, they know this. I just often don't agree with the size of their fees. Tell me a little bit about what the Federal Trade Commission did impose in their rules in the fall of 2010 as far as the way fees can be charged and how much uh, can be charged in fees for debt settlement services. Well, they didn't cap fees, number one. There are some states that cap fees at certain levels. Um, you know, Connecticut, 10% of savings. Illinois, 15% of savings. But for the most part, there's not a great deal of cap. There's nothing coming from the Federal Trade Commission on caps. You have to look to the state law for that. But there were some additional things that the Federal Trade Commission enacted that are key, very good consumer protection measures. One of the things is they required companies to give consumers a good faith estimate. And that is based on a company's historical performance, based on the creditors, you know, because everybody, there's not that many creditors out there, so there's going to be some similarities from one person to the next. But once you've been at this long enough, you've got a database of, of information of how well your company performs with XYZ Bank. So when you quote to a consumer before they ever enroll with you what you expect them to be able to have to pay after the reduction, including the fees, what is that amount? And so you're now required to give that good faith estimate to the consumer. It's not required in writing. I would encourage people listening to the show that are out there maybe looking at how and a company that they can talk with about this, 
you, you, you definitely want to make sure that they're willing to, that they do give you the good faith estimate. And a really good company, members of like the uh, AACC, which Consumer Recovery Network is a founding member of, they provide that faith, good faith estimate to you in writing. So you don't have to, but what's wrong with doing it? You're already going to give it. You might as well back it up and give it in print so people can rely on it. I really like that feature of the federal laws that went into effect last year in, in, in 2010. There's other things uh, that are key to the consumer, but most of it is, is centered on the, the good faith estimate for me and the fees and when they're allowed to be charged. Uh, what kind of guarantee should you expect when dealing with debt settlement companies to what kind of results they're going to get? You know, you can't really guarantee it. Anybody that's offering guarantees, run the other way, okay, because there's, there's too many unknowns. Like uh, one thing, I, uh, let me back that up. The entire process is predictable. It's the only reason my industry exists, why it existed in the 90s and is, you know, proliferated, you know, through to today is because typically you know what's going to happen before it happens once you've been at this a while. But there are some things that you just cannot predict, like what accounts might get assigned to an attorney, what accounts get assigned to third parties. So offering any kind of guarantee when you're not charging upfront fees is, is, you know, I mean, you're basically trying to entice a consumer into enrolling with your company at that point. You're better off working with somebody who's going to be open, upfront, and honest about the fact that the results and the good faith estimate that they're sharing with you uh, are not any kind of guarantee, but they're based on your best efforts, to, based on your data uh, and their particular creditors and balances. This is what it's going to cost overall to settle it and our fees, and this is how long it's going to take. That's what a good faith estimate has to contain. So guarantees, if they're being made, are probably not uh, not by a company that I would encourage anybody to pursue working with. In dealing with these debt settlements, you're giving out a lot of very personal information about all your debts and so on. What are the rules around privacy of giving out that personal information? Well, you're not going to give it out. You're, the only time you're going to use somebody's personal information is, number one, when you're authorized and, and done so in writing. The consumer's going to have to sign off either on some kind of limited power of attorney or authorization to give and receive information. And the only place that a service provider should be using that information and, and relaying that kind of information is directly with your creditors when they're involved in the negotiations themselves, when you ask them to do the negotiating and, and getting the settlements done. And, yes, be prepared for that. You absolutely are going, when I call a creditor, I absolutely am going to be following up that initial phone call with a fax transmission of a signed copy of something my client gave me that says I am allowed to give and receive information in a limited capacity as it relates to this account, identifies the account, uh, for the purposes of some kind of payment arrangement settlement. So you're going to, it's going to happen, and you're going to have to ultimately choose a service provider that you know you can trust with the storage of your information uh, and that will follow all the privacy laws. But, yes, be prepared to have to give some information uh, that's private. While you're in the process of doing a debt settlement negotiation, uh, will creditors and debt collectors still be contacting you about the debts, or do they stop once you've begun that process? Well, uh, yes, they're going to contact anybody that guarantees they're going to stop the phone calls. That's also a, a kind of a red flag. But there's some practices that a lot of the industry will use to try and 
defer a lot of that contact to come to them instead of to you. And some of those business practices are actually detrimental to the whole process. The, the fact is, is that, you know, one of the things you have a right to do is send a letter off to a debt collector instructing them to cease all communication. Well, if that was an assignee of, say, you know, a large national uh, credit card issuer and they sent it off to ABC Debt, debt Collection and your settlement company sends them off, you know, because you get these calls and you're, you're stressing out about it, you call them, tell them how you're stressing out about it. They say, no problem, we're going to send this cease communication letter or have you send it off direct communication to us only. Well, there's different banks with different policies. There's different trends that can change from, you know, one quarter or one year to the next where they'll treat that letter as a legal question. And it'll get kicked back the account, the file gets kicked back to the original creditor. The original creditor has that letter as part of the file. And their reaction to that is often enough to be concerned about it. They're going to send that, reassign that file out to an attorney and authorize them to sue you uh, in an effort to collect the debt. So sending off, you know, limited powers of attorney when you're not in a position to actually fund a settlement, sending off these communication letters other than to a debt buyer or something like that, but when you're still dealing with the original creditor or one of their assignees, is a bad business practice. It's actually been a bad business practice for about nine years, ten years. Uh, some people still do it. It's ridiculous. It's harmful to the process. Get a third party involved, fine. But they should only be communicating with the, with or, or kind of pushing the communication to them through letter writing or phone calls uh, when there's funds ready to settle. So that's okay. an uncomfortable thing. That's the biggest stress for consumers. Number one, well, two things. It's it's the fact that they're going to be getting all these phone calls and the effects to their credit report. We already talked about the credit report. All things being equal, all of the different debt relief options kind of track well. So what about calls? Well, if you're in a debt management plan, you're not getting calls because they're, they're getting their payments every month. If you go to bankruptcy, you, your attorney is who's going to be contacted until you know the bankruptcy process is fully engaged. So you don't have to worry about calls there. That's probably the biggest, two biggest detriments to the debt settlement process is that you will continue to get calls and there's a risk of being sued. How you manage okay. those calls and set yourself up for settlement success, whether you're doing it or you're having and hiring a professional to do it, there are two, three different options that we take our clients through that help manage the calls and put the consumer more in control of how, how often they're talking to the creditor. So it's, it's really, if you do it correctly, it's actually just part of the process, and okay. it actually can be helpful. Very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee. He is the president of Consumer Recovery Network, which is helping people uh, take care of debt settlements. We'll be back after this. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. To 
join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee. He is the president of Consumer Recovery Network, which helps consumers settle their debts. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Hey, glad to be here. Now, there's uh, sometimes unexpected tax consequences when people settle their debts uh, for less than the original balance. How does that work? Well, uh, the IRS treats it as income. So you went out and used the card and bought stuff and got stuff, and uh, now you're not paying it back or only paying back a portion. So it was a it, it's treated as an income benefit. So they will tax it if you're solvent, and there's a spe- specific kind of formula that you go through to find out if you're what's deemed technically insolvent or not, and there's actually some special forms that you'll submit. You definitely want to connect with a tax professional if you are going to be or to help determine if you're going to be taxed on having settled and have some of your debts forgiven. Um, I mean, it's it's really not that complicated, and it really it has nothing to do with your income, what you bring home from your job as a wage earner. Um, it has everything to do with what you own versus what you owe, the value of what you own, the stuff you have, and what you owe. And most people forced in a position where they got to settle debt um, as an alternative to being able to pay on time like they've always done are, in my experience, more often than not, they're, they are technically insolvent, or they will be on the first three or four debts that they settle and maybe not the last one, but definitely get tax advice from a professional on that. What kind of debts can be settled and what cannot be settled in the debt settlement process? Yeah, a good measure is if it's secured by something. Um, so, yeah, for example, if you're driving a car around and you're not paying the payments, they're going to come and repossess it. So the, the fact that you don't pay means they get to come and take stuff, means it's secured, and or a mortgage is another example. Um, if you don't pay, they foreclose. So unsecured debts are typically identified as, as what can be negotiated, meaning if you're not paying, the only way they get to do anything other than bug you about paying them um, is if they sue you and get a judgment against you, and, and that costs, and, and then oftentimes... Even judgments can't be collected, so it's not necessarily the first course of action. So if it's something that they, can, they don't get to come take something from you if you don't pay, 
then that's an unsecured debt, medical debt, credit card debt. Even after a car is repossessed and they auction it off, but they don't get everything that you owed, maybe there was like a difference between what they got at auction and what you owed of uh, maybe $2,000. That's a deficiency balance. It's no longer secured by the card. It's now an unsecured debt. That can be negotiated. So that's the, the measure, secured versus unsecured. Under what circumstances can wages be garnished during the debt settlement process? Now, I mean, the only time you're going to get garnished is if you get sued, you get a judgment against you, and, I mean, basically, you'd either have to have ignored the entire process because, again, in order to get sued, you get served. I mean, there's ample opportunity to negotiate and settle a debt before you ever get a judgment against you, which puts you in a position of, of being garnished. So you either have to have ignored the entire process or have just not been in any way, shape, or form or position to be involved in a settlement program in the first place. So can it happen? Absolutely. But you'll have every kind of advance notice. Um, that's why you open the mail when you get it. You're, you have to be involved and engaged in you know, any kind of settlement process, you, just handing things off to some service provider and thinking that things are being handled by them has proven disastrous for many, many consumers across the nation over the last several years. So uh, stay involved, be aware, and you'll know if there's ever any risk, real risk of that happening before it ever does, and you can take measures to, to stop that. If you're currently being sued by a debt collector or creditor of some kind, can you still settle your debt? Absolutely. It's, um, as I said earlier, being sued or being engaged or a collection effort by an attorney or if, uh, you know, maybe you listen to the show and you start thinking, well, maybe there's somebody out there that can help me settle this. It can happen. It's just usually different than if that were not the case. One is they've got you over a barrel and, and you know, look, you haven't paid, uh, they're going to tell you, look, you haven't paid my client XYZ Bank for two years. And now suddenly you want to come to come sign some type of agreement. Well, it's because they've got you over a barrel and they know it. So they're in kind of a leverage position. So the settlement is not going to be as good as if it had been done six months earlier um, with you know a non-attorney or when there wasn't a lawsuit already filed. But you, you'll still often find you, you can get the reduction. Another thing that comes along with that is you get typically you're going to get longer payment terms than would generally be available with uh, a third party and most certainly with an original creditor if you're settling debts earlier. So oftentimes if, if you can come to some kind of payment arrangement, you're getting sued and if it's on the last account and you got the rest out of the way and you can commit to a 12, even a 24-month payment with uh, uh, some reduction on, on what they're trying to sue you for, it's generally still a manageable situation. You just want to get it all in place and done before a judgment. But having said that, you can actually settle judgments too. So it is kind of a case-by-case situation. What if you're running a small business and you've got debt on your business commercial and business debt? Can that be negotiated and settled as well? Yeah, it can. The problem with settling business debt, I mean, imagine that you're a, a storefront and you've got credit out from vendors that stock your shelf. If you're going to keep that store open, if you, you know, I mean, one thing about consumer credit is, you know, the three credit reporting agencies, Equifax, TransUnion, Experian, you know, they're limited by how long they can report negative information. If you're a business owner, Dun & Bradstreet has no limitation on how long those blemishes are going to remain on your credit. So if you're involved in, if you're operating a business, you know, settling debt with vendors, if, you know, I mean, you, you 
can't really expect that you're ever going to be able to get credit from that vendor again. Um, so you have to weigh whether or not that's a, you know, a wise decision if the storefront in this situation is going to remain open. So, yes, can business debt be settled? Absolutely. Should it be settled? Situational, again, kind of a case-by-case. If you want to get started, what is the step you want to take to uh, figure out the best place to negotiate and getting started with debt negotiation? Well, uh, you know, definitely you can go to our website, which, you know, again, we're more focused on education and providing consumers with all the information they need to evaluate what first option is available to them and then which ones make the most sense once they dig deeper and, and learn about each. So our focus at ConsumerRecoveryNetwork.com is helping you make that decision. And we even provide no cost, no, no fee consultation with a specialist, somebody like me. I actually still do consultations today. You might dial in and, and, and you might actually get me or even request me. But when we go through that consultation, we're basically going to go through some mathematical exercises. We're going to establish what your income is, what your debts are, who those debts are with, what the balances are, and then see first if you can get through the debt repayment in an accelerated way just by making some intelligent decisions on your own in, in the way that you spend money, uh, cut back here, apply money here, more of kind of a, uh, an accelerated payment plan that you can manage. If that's not possible, we then want to see if you're somebody that can qualify for a debt management plan through like a, a typical credit counseling agency where all of your balances are going to be paid back but just at a lower interest rate. If that can't happen, then you've got two remaining options. You've got settlement and you've got bankruptcy. We don't want you to do settlement if you're probably better off and, and your goals, your short, mid, and long-term goals are going to be quicker and you'll be on path to financial recovery through a bankruptcy, especially if you can discharge your unsecured debt through a Chapter 7. Uh, debt settlement, in, in my opinion, in, in the way we've operated at, at Consumer Recovery Network, it's pretty much an alternative to those who have no other alternative but to file Chapter 13. So we're going to take you through a process of elimination to determine what is your next best step. If it's us, great. If it's not, great. We just want to make sure that people are on the right path. Very good. Um, now, let's go through some of the things consumers should look for specifically uh, in picking a debt settlement company. There's a lot of them out there over the past year or so. A lot of them have actually gone out of business because of the FTC rules restricting upfront fees. Uh, so I want to go into what people should look for to get a good debt settlement company. What would be the first thing they should look for? Well, you know, there's, there's, there used to be quite a bit of fly-by-night companies, and then when the laws, the new laws changed, a lot of them, you know, no longer exist or they've partnered up with, uh, with other companies. But I still think it's important to look for a company that's been in business for a minimum of three years. So, you know, somebody that's established. And you know what? If they're marketing three-year programs, you know, after three years, they're going to start to have some successful consumers and a track record. So look for that. You also want to look to make sure that they have a clean record with the Better Business Bureau. And by clean, I don't necessarily mean that they've never had a complaint. They should be few complaints, but make sure that those complaints were resolved. The Better Business Bureau, when they list those, they actually list whether they're unresolved or resolved. If a, if a company has, you know, all things considered, 5,000 clients and 20 complaints and all 20 of them are resolved versus a company with 5,000 clients and, and 20 complaints and all 20 went unresolved, well, you know, obviously you're, you're, you're going to look at the company that deals with the complaints and resolves them more favorably than, than one uh, who does not resolve them. 
you're, you know, we talked about good faith estimates. You want to make sure and get those in writing. Uh, I think people that are just relying on those estimates on the phone and then forget about them um, and don't have something to come back to and point at, did this company perform the way they presented themselves to me in the beginning, you know, when, when all things are finished, did they, did they come in 20% within or did they come in, you know, so that's fairly poor performance or were they right around where they estimated? So having that in writing is important. Um, and you need to really consider their fees. Now, obviously, uh, you know, right now and for a long time, Consumer Recovery Network has been pretty much all things considered the lowest cost full service provider out there, but there are good companies out there. So weigh the fees and, and make sure that the fees aren't the result of you taking longer than 24 months to get through a program. Okay. We're going to come back uh, to get some more things people should look for in a debt settlement company. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee. Uh, he is the president of Consumer Recovery Network, which helps people settle their debts. And their website is consumerrecoverynetwork.com. We'll be back after this. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Intense and intelligent. Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, keeps you informed of the ideological, theological, and economic war being waged against the United States of America. Kevin Lehman's bold and brilliant style challenges your deepest held beliefs and provokes you to ask the hard questions, religious, scientific, political, or financial. Kevin is holding the establishment's feet to the fire with high-profile guests that include politicians, economists, theologians, and business titans. He'll demand truth over tradition and facts over fiction. Full of passion, wisdom, and wit, Kevin's transparent and no-nonsense style make Catch Kevin unscripted and uncensored, the go-to show for real insight on business, politics, social issues, and breaking news. It's time to get real, America. It's time to tackle the tough issues head on. Tune in to Catch Kevin, unscripted and uncensored, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. If you're looking for creative ways to improve your bottom line, tune in to Make Your Move with Alan and Brian Bolio. Their proven track record of helping businesses enhance their profitability will provide the basis for a forum about actionable items based on a business person's perspective. The program will be business talk, but with an economic context, so you'll know how to stay ahead of the game. Make Your Move is broadcast live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business channel when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you've been listening to the money answer show with jordan goodman if you have a question for jordan or his guest please call us now at 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 now back to jordan 
Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Michael Bovee. He is the president of Consumer Recovery Network. Uh, their website, again, is consumerrecoverynetwork.com, helping people settle their debts. Welcome back to the show, Michael. All right. And again, we were asking uh, what consumers should look for in a settlement company. What kind of questions should they ask you to make sure you're right? Well, you know, look, they should be asking you questions to determine if settlement's even right for you and not be shy about whether or not you probably are better off at least trying a different option or going directly to bankruptcy because your financial situation has deteriorated that far. So if all they talk about is settlement, that's a problem. Uh, also, what are you asking them about as far as the success rate, what you should expect from settlement? Well, you know, look, the, the the issue with settlement is because it is so, you know, situational from one person to the next. When we talked about the good faith estimate earlier, that's supposed to be by it's supposed to be based on the company's prior precedent, you know, the the the, the files that they've worked in the past, you know, the the specific creditors that you have. So that estimate should be able to be given to you and, and you should be able to rely on it uh, as as truthful. If you have any issue on whether or not somebody's being upfront with you and is being too salesy, you know, trying to go for the close, if you will, um, that's a clear sign. I mean, trust your gut on on that. As far as uh, getting references, uh, what should you expect from a firm uh, if they've dealt with past clients? You know, uh, my experience has been, because I, I do a lot of the exit interviews for graduating, you know, clients or customers of Consumer Recovery Network, is, you know, one of my questions is, are you open to speaking with the media? Because I do get a lot of calls like that because of our, you know, unique uh, way of doing business. And so I, I ask that question. And then I also ask if they're willing to post a testimonial on our website, which many do, and or if they're interested in speaking with other consumers, should they want to talk with somebody who went through our process. And they, like me, any other company, should be doing that and should have a list of consumers who have agreed to all of those things. So it should not be an overly problematic issue uh, to do that and, and, you know, have somebody be able to refer you to other people that they've worked with. When you're talking to a debt settlement think, a company thinking about working with them, uh, would you expect them to bring up the possibility that you can settle debts on your own, or are you probably they're going to say only uh, we, we can only be the ones to handle it for you? Yeah, generally they're you know look it's it's uh, you got a typically sales commissioned type of people that are trying to enroll you in these programs, so their their job is to and how they're going to get paid is by getting you enrolled. So if they were to tell you that you could do just as well and in some cases just as, uh, even better if you were just prepared correctly and did things a certain way to do this on your own, um, they're not going to get paid. So that you're generally not going to find a lot of companies that are – they might give it um, lip service, if you will, where, yeah, sure you can, but, I mean, you don't uh, – like you, you hear this sales colloquialism like uh, – yeah, but, you know, a lot of people can change their own oil, but you don't, right? You go to a service. It's it's kind of like that and not. Most people want to hand off their problems to somebody else. But if somebody is taking away and distracting you from the fact that not only can you do this, you can do this just as successfully, if not better, than a professional, given the right tools, then yeah, they're, they're being a little bit less than fully honest with you at that point, in my opinion. Or maybe they just don't know any better, and that's a problem by itself, too. 
Now, when you think of hiring a firm, uh, should you want them to be sending letters or powers of attorney letters uh, to the creditors, or what's what's the protocol on that? Only when it's time to settle the debt. Any time prior to that, sending that stuff off prematurely, and, and most especially to a certain smaller list of creditors who react very negatively to that. In any company, like I said, look for one that's been in business three or more years. If they've been doing it that long, they know which creditors they should not be doing that with. If they still do it, they know they're doing it with the potential for that alone to cause more harm to you and to cost you more in the long run in settlements. So, yeah, it's a legitimate question. Will they need to be sent? Absolutely. Are they going to be sent too early? Find out, because if they are, you probably don't want to go with that company. As far as uh, dealing with creditors, what should you be hearing from the debt settlement company about whether you should be speaking to your creditors or not? You know, a lot of times they don't want you to talk to them. The original creditors are going to, you know, part of their effort, they're going to call you, talk to you, want to reach out to you, try and put you on payment plans that might work for you. And if that happens and then the creditors get through to you and, and, and they can come up with a way for you and an offer with you and it doesn't involve the third party, you don't need the third party. So it's a little bit of a fear, you know, fear of loss kind of thing by because they know that creditors will at some point, start to talk to you about some kind of re-aging or getting back on track at a lower monthly payment and even settlement. So they they want to keep you away from those offers because that's how they earn their money. If you're offered a settlement deal by one of the creditors on your own, how should a legitimate debt settlement firm react to that? Well, you know, if they guided you there, it's, there's at least some value, but any, any firm that is gonna let, like we talked about fees earlier, you know, some of these guys charge 30% of savings. So are they gonna charge you 30% of savings, the full fee, when, you know, you were able to do this on your own, just with some guidance? That's ridiculous. They didn't provide that professional level of service. So is there a fee? Should there be a fee? Probably, if, if they were helpful in helping you do that and get there to, to get the deal done, but certainly not at the rates um, that would apply if they were the ones that actually settled it. Before you decide to sign up for debt settlement, uh, do you think in some cases it's a good idea to talk to a bankruptcy lawyer uh, as well as a uh, credit counseling firm and see what's best for you? Because the debt settlement company may discourage you from doing that. Yeah, in fact, uh, a lot of companies will tell you not to go talk to their competitor. That's just the nature of, of being in business. But listen, don't look, not one thing is going to work for each consumer. One of those three, three things typically will, and the only way that you're going to be able to learn and educate yourself about each one of them is to go talk to a professional that actually works in one of those companies. So you absolutely should take the time to discuss your options with all three different types of companies, whether it's a bankruptcy attorney, uh, credit counseling, or a debt settlement company. You don't have to rush into. There's nothing so urgent unless you're getting garnished, and at that point you probably do need to talk with an attorney. Um, nothing so urgent that you don't have the time to weigh your options and get educated. In the minute or so we have left, why don't you just kind of sum up uh, why it makes sense for people to explore the debt settlement option if that's one of their uh, problems and, and a way they want to get out of the situation. 
Well, you know, look, the time you're going to be exploring that settlement is when you've already explored other options and you know you're left with basically bankruptcy or, or, or debt settlement. Why is debt settlement sometimes better than bankruptcy? Well, it just depends on you and what's I – mean, look, if you can qualify for a Chapter 7, but it's going to force the sale of some of your assets, a car, some personal items, a home – you know, it, 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 could you sell something, some of those same things that are going to be forced to be sold in the bankruptcy, couldn't they have just been sold and used those same funds to settle the debts as opposed to having to file bankruptcy? You can no longer file Chapter 7, but once every eight years. So that's your that's your trump card. I mean, that's what you want to hold in reserve for when you lit, just literally have no other option. So there are times where, even though you might qualify for bankruptcy, it will still make sense to try and avoid it. If you're going to be forced to file a Chapter 13 where a portion is going to get paid back over a five-year period of time, typically five years, then you know that same amount of money with no flexibility, you miss a payment to the bankruptcy trustee in a Chapter 13, you're basically going to lose the protection of the court and you're back to where you started, only have wasted all the resources for however long you stayed in the, in the 13th. Well, then there's a lot of times, in fact, a majority of times, where those monthly payments to the trustee could have been saved up and the debt settled and you could have avoided a Chapter 13 bankruptcy. So it is a process of uh, elimination. You just have to get educated about each and every option. Very good. My guest this hour has been uh, Michael Bovee. Uh, He is the president of Consumer Recovery Network, uh, their website, consumerrecoverynetwork.com. Uh, what I think is the premier company in the debt settlement business. There's been a lot of fly-by-night firms, but Michael's been through this back and forth. You can see he's really out there to help uh, consumers. Uh, so thanks very much for being on the Money Answer Show, Michael. Thanks for having me, Jordan. And we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next.